Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. NASA is reminding us of just how lucky the little old Earth is. This week, by bringing the Dawn space mission to a head, the spacecraft today, after an eight-year journey, slipped into the orbit of dwarf planet Chunk Ceres, Ceres that floats in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Ceres, the remains of a planet that was destroyed in its infancy by whirling debris stirred up by the massive gravitation of Jupiter a little while ago. Pictures of Ceres have already been sent back to NASA, and they reveal tiny, bright spots that could be ice Carol Raymond is deputy principal investigator of the Dawn mission, and she told us how the last critical piece of the mission was getting Dawn into that orbit. It's actually not that difficult um, if you have the best spacecraft team in the world, which we do. In the universe, though, I think. In the universe, yeah. yeah. Um, And the reason is what ion propulsion allows you to do is, is kind of come alongside the body. So we've been thrusting to speed up so that we can catch up with Ceres in its orbit. And then once we get close, our relative velocity is very low. And so we're basically coming in close enough that we sort of fall into Ceres orbit all the time with the brakes on because we've been going faster than Ceres in its orbit. We put the brakes on and eventually get to a, a, a velocity and a distance in which Ceres gravity just gently lures the spacecraft into its orbit. I'm not an expert on asteroids, but I do have a kind of lay person's sense that one looks like the other. Um, Distinguish Ceres for me. Ceres is the largest object in the main asteroid belt, and that, which is between Mars and Jupiter. And um, Ceres is a dwarf planet. It's about uh, 600 miles in diameter, 950 kilometers, and it contains about 25% of the mass of the entire asteroid belt. So if you think about it, there's millions of objects in the asteroid belt, and it represents a quarter of the mass. So it, it's not a piece of collisional debris. It's an intact protoplanet, um, one of the building blocks of our terrestrial planets. So being on Ceres and uh, the orbital spacecraft tells the tale here um, is a fairly um, violent uh, over the course of uh, celestial history, a, a violent tale. It hasn't um, suffered an impact that has uh, smashed it to bits because we know it's there. Um, it has, however, been impacted over and over again by debris. And what we're interested in looking at is the record of those impacts on Ceres' surface and what they're telling us about the geologic processes. They serve to do two things. One is they excavate. They, they're, they're digging under the, the surface and uh, showing us um, what lurks below. They're also um, bringing localized heat, and that may drive some, some local geologic processes. But they're also telling us the age of surfaces, because it's kind of the analogy of bugs on a windshield. You know, the, the longer you drive, uh, the more bugs will be on your windshield. And so the more craters are on the surface uh, in any one place, the older that surface is. The um, bug windshield theory. I love. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the 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 name of Ceres is, uh, I think, from Greek mythology. Ceres is the god of the harvest or grains or something like that. Um, That's right. Is is it possible that uh, Ceres may contain a 
a boon in that these surface deposits that you haven't figured out yet could be water or frozen gases that build up on something as large as Ceres? We do expect that there is a significant amount of ice in Ceres, and we expect that that is contained in a layer that's just under the crust. And so when the ice gets exposed, it can bring um, different minerals and different um, types of materials to the surface. And we're mapping um, all of those variations, both the geologic features and the composition, um, so that we can try to infer what those processes are. Based on the science, what would it be like to stand on this body with its nine-hour day, nine-hour rotation? Well, um, it would be hard to stand on it because the gravity is about you know, um, 0.3% of um, our gravity. So if you could land on the surface and, and, and stay there, then um, it would be a short day. It would be very cold, <laughs> kind of lonely, I guess. And why would we want to map something on a world that we can never really go to? Well, it's telling us the history of our of our solar system. I mean, it's a remnant from that um, very early planet forming era, and as such, it's it's a time capsule. So we have various theories of how our our protoplanetary disk formed and how our planets formed from that, and we need some hard data to really test some of those hypotheses and get further in our understanding of what was happening. And one, you know, mystery is why does the earth have so much water? Why is the earth such a habitable planet? And a question is, did some of that water come from impacting objects from the outer solar system like Ceres? So by looking at Ceres, we're hoping we can fill in some of the blanks in in some of these models and test hypotheses so that we can further our understanding of what was happening in those early periods of solar system history. Finally, Carol, on the, um, well, I guess well-known to you, Carol Raymond scale, how excited are you? I'm very, very excited about this, especially because um, we know so little about Ceres. It's, it is so far away. The telescopes don't tell us much about it. It's also very dim. So, um, you know, the, the surface is very dark. Um, and we haven't been able to associate any meteorites with Ceres. And that's unlike Vesta, our first target, where we had meteorites in hand in our labs that we were pretty sure came from Vesta. It turns out they did. So Ceres is a really unknown body. It's a unique body in the sense it's the only inner solar system dwarf planet. It's the only object in its category that we can go out and explore. And it's also, as you've probably seen from our initial images, um, got these very enigmatic features, especially these very bright spots. So it's an extremely exciting object, and I'm really looking forward to to getting there and and finding out what's going on. Well, it's off the charts in the uh, Carol Raymond excitement uh, moment here as the deputy principal investigator of the Dawn mission uh, anticipates the uh, orbital success of dawn around the series the dwarf planet in the middle of the asteroid belt carol raymond thanks so much for speaking with us thank you imagine that an ambulance in the asteroid belt so nasa's dawn is in the asteroid belt would you get on the next spacecraft bound for points outside the solar system brian from portland oregon says if a distant planet offered year-round snowboarding i'd leave tomorrow hi this is leslie palmer from san antonio texas i don't think i'd go while the adventure would be amazing I rather like my life on Earth. 
being without my family, friends, dogs, work, etc., would be too much to handle, even for an opportunity of a lifetime. You can handle calling us, though, right? Call us at 877-8-MY-TAKE or tweet us at The Takeaway.